GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grim the Dino, and with me, my co-host, the Sir Butter Boy. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Uh, it is thrilling to be back after our hiatus. Uh, you have not missed a beat. Rock that intro just like you always <laughs> do, despite the fact that right before you said, do I still have it? I said, most certainly not. This is going to go awful. Um, we haven't so done the show I'm, yet, so careful. Yeah. But we're here. We've made it this far. And if I've learned anything in my time of podcasting, if you get the first 20 seconds right, the rest of the episode is just primo. Yeah, we're golden at that point. So, all no right. Doubt. Well, no doubt. Everybody, thank you for all the. Uh, all the support and excitement around our announcement that we are back. This is episode 357 of the Game Little Podcast. And yes, it is still brought to you by our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our patrons who stuck with us through the, the hiatus over the summer. We appreciate you immensely. And we're going to have some cool new stuff coming to Patreon soon. We are We are getting the gears back in motion. Everything is lubed up. And running smooth, and that means there's going to be some great stuff for your ear holes coming your way, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. So if you're not a patron and you're like, wow, this is my first time listening to GameZilla Podcast. They've done 350-something episodes. These guys are cool. I should give them a dollar. That little voice in your head saying I should give those guys a dollar is correct. That might be the voice of God or an angel speaking to you, (laughs) and I recommend that you do that. Uh, tis the season, Christmas season, angels are about. Go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and start your patronage today. Yeah, so we're very excited to be back. We're uh, we're taking the show back into more of, of its core uh, when we first kind of started and really kind of focusing on the podcast aspect of it. We still want to continue community involvement, and so we have a few uh, announcements that we'll be excited to talk about in, in the Discord and on social media here shortly. Uh, that we'll be adding some features to Patreon perks and even just to some just some stuff for anybody that's a fan of the show, uh, you know, that's not behind any type of uh, support uh, wall. So, but for now, we have a show to do. We're back, Butter Boy, Grim the Dino, episode three hundred and fifty-seven, and today was an interesting day because we 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 kind of just picked it and then it just happened that the game awards dropped on the same day so we get pretty you're really, easy you're really downselling this this was a cerebral and intentional choice we made i knew that the moment the hiatus started i had today pinpointed i got out i did all the research like when are the game awards that is the date where we're gonna come back 
And, you know, we, we, we let the hiatus go. We, we spent our time. As soon as we started, you know, having talks like, okay, is it time to spin it back up? We're like, yeah, let's, let's spin it up the first week of December. And I was like, we won't make that deadline. That won't happen. Of course, it's going to be during the Game Awards, which was my master plan all along. One of the most hyped days of the calendar when it comes to video games. We have it going and we're going to talk about it, damn it. That's, I mean, if that's really your story and you're sticking to it, then I can't argue it. But that wasn't my, that wasn't my plan. I was just looking I, to come bring the show back, and then it just kind of happened. I've been known to stick to stories, regardless if they're ludicrous or not. To the I grave, think I, rem- and I've been I think to the I remember twice. like messaging you. I think I remember messaging you like on the second, like, "Hey, we're supposed to record today, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Should we just push it a week?" And you're like, "Definitely." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And then like, I'm like, "Oh." We just pushed it right into the Game Awards. So that was just your plan all along. My trap, my master plan. I fell right into (laughs) it. All right. Well, we got a lot to cover. Recording at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely the plan. We we do have a lot to cover here. So um, I know we normally don't cover all the categories, but the way that they laid out the website this year, I'm not going to lie, is kind of a pain in the butt to look at the categories and the winners. Um, So we're going to have to kind of jump around a bit. But um, I'm personally less interested in the winners and losers because, honestly, if you're winning an award, you're probably a loser anyway. (laughs) That's right. You don't like like awards. That's right. Award shows are dumb. Never forget Um, that. But... We have a lot of cool reviews and uh, reveals and a lot of cool stuff to talk about. But let's get into some of those categories that you wanted to discuss before we get into the real goodness. And that's the games we're going to be playing in the future. Yeah, I will say the show started off and I made the announcement. So we streamed the show on my Twitch channel and hung out with hung out with some people and had a good time. And we started the show off with Sting performing his new League of Legends Arcane song. Um, and it, my comment was, this is my favorite opening of the video game awards ever, or sorry, the game awards ever. So I really, uh, really liked the beginning, uh, the live perform like musician performances. I feel like every year, like hit and miss, right? You have some that are good, uh, they're cool. And then usually there's a handful of you're like, this just didn't need to happen in the show. We could have cut a half hour out of the show, but whatever it was, what it was, the opening was great. And then we get into these categories and then um, I'm just going to cover some of the big ones and then we can um, we can move into the 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 new announcements, uh, world premieres. So um, basically. I wanted to give a shout out to Forza uh, Forza Horizon 5. They uh, they pulled away three awards. They got audio design, best sports slash racing game. And. Why am I blanking? What was the third one? Uh, is it gr- uh, inclusive? It was the inclusive. Inclusive. Thank you. Most- yeah, that, that that was the important one that I couldn't remember. Great. Uh, yeah. So they 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 Not were very inclusive of you, Grant. They were being innovative. Uh, they they added sign language, um, you know, um, presenters in the game for people. So like pretty pretty cool aspect to the game. And so they walked away with three awards, which I thought was really cool. And uh, congrats to them. We had the best. Um, the best action um, adventure game. 
going to my bo- my 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 lady, my favorite I game of the year. I almost said my boy, my lady, my favorite game of the year, Metroid Dread, Mercury Steam Nintendo. So um, my boy Raven Beak, Raven yeah. Beak is my dude. Yeah. Raven Beak was the realness. Yeah. So that was if you're a- gonna play Metroid Dread, then our hiatus clearly ruined your summer because. If we weren't on hiatus, we would have just been hyping you for the last month and a half that you need to go buy Metroid Dread. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, um, congrats to congrats to them pulling pulling uh, best action adventure game. Uh, best action game was uh, went to Returnal. So House Mark taking taking a big win there because Returnal uh, was a big big change from what they had made in the past. So uh, to get the best action game, I think, was a huge win, especially when you're going up against Far Cry 6, Deathloop, Back for Blood. You had a bunch of competition, and you walked away with the with the win. So good, yeah. good on and, them. And the background behind that is Housemark made, like, Rezogun, and, and they made, like, arcade-style shooter games, and they basically were like, yeah, these aren't really selling. We're not going to achieve the goals we want to as a company unless we start developing different sort of games. And I know that we were really concerned when they made that announcement, like, okay, what are you going to come out and make generic, like call of duty knockoff shooters? Like, like what are you going to present? And they came out with returnal, which was just a really creative, the, the, the roots and the hearts of the types of games that company wants to make and has historically made are in that game, but it just advances it and was such a creative and new game. I know you, you really liked it. Yeah, no, I thought it was really cool, and uh, you know, from from again from visuals, it was beautiful to a very interesting, unique, weird story, and and just the world building was so. I mean, you're you feel you're on alien planets, you're on alien planets, and you're running around, and all of a sudden you see like your childhood house in the middle is like it, it just it was really weird unique you go into the house it would change perspective so you're this third person perspective game you go into the house all of a sudden it's like first person horror suspense feel so like there was a lot of things that like were added to this game that could have made it very clunky but it all worked and it was all like seamless and that's why um it definitely deserved to uh, to get some attention at the awards today uh, next piece would be best art direction uh, going to Deathloop, Arcane Studios, and Bethesda. I thought that was um, definitely a good pick there. Deathloop, another very interesting uh, take on a video game that even even as the uh, you know art direction, and then I believe it also won best dir- uh, game direction, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it did. Yep. And when they came up to the stage to take to accept the the award, they were like, you know, thank you so much. This is so amazing for a game that that nobody can explain in 30 seconds or less as to what it is because it is very very unique and that's what makes it cool you know that's why it is uh it is a special game for sure so um uh, another another big shout out best narrative going to marvel's guardians of the galaxy i thought that was really cool uh happy to see them pull pull a uh an award away i wasn't sure they had a chance against it takes two but uh, but they actually they do take best narrative, so that was cool. And then of course I don't think I'm I'm gonna skip. I'm going right to game of the year unless you have another one that you'd like to bring up. 
most anticipated game of the year, Elden Ring. Bullshit. Every other game on that list was way more anticipated than Elden Ring. They had the what Nintendo is just calling Breath of the Wild sequel. That was on there. Starfield was on there. God of War. Uh, God of War Ragnarok was on there. And there's probably at least one more title. They were all more anticipated than Elden Ring. Uh, Horizon I don't know Forbidden anyone West. that wants to play Elden Ring. Horizon Forbidden West was the other one. Oh, yeah. And Hor- yeah. All those games are the games that at least people in our community are talking about and interested in playing it. I don't hear anyone hyping Elden Ring. I'm sure in your household there's some hype around Elden Ring because your wife loves fantasy games. I'm not but... even sure that there's that much hype around Elden Ring for yeah. her. She probably would have picked Starfield if you want my honest opinion. But yeah. I think, um, you know, it's it's tough. It's it's George, George uh, oh my God, I can't say his name right now. R.R. R. Martin. R.R. Martin, thank you. Um you know he's he's involved with this game it's it's you know there's there's a lot of excitement around it for from like an rpg just fanboy of the past with some of these names that are that are connected to this project but so like you said our community i don't we don't hear a lot of buzz about it but it doesn't surprise me i know there was a lot of hype around it in previous uh events that have happened over the last couple of years even though they've been virtual and and you know through covid we've seen a lot of in the chat people just chanting elden ring elden ring and you know but um i also thought that it was kind of, the way it was laid out was kind of cheesy as you mm. cuz you said it is that we got they got the award and then right after we got this world premiere trailer of the game and it was there was no gameplay it was not honestly that great of a trailer in my opinion and the game comes out in two months almost like uh the award the award was rigged like uh (laughs) of course you're gonna say it's the most anticipated game of the year when that's one of your anchor trailers at the end of your show they didn't have anything for ragnarok or forbidden west or breath of the wild sequel so of course you're gonna give the most anticipated reward to the people that phoned in some sort of cgi trailer for you yeah uh, so moving into game of the year, though, the uh, the nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. And the winner was uh, a surprise to me in a happy way uh, was It Takes Two. It Takes Two wins game of the year. Hazel Light Studios with an EA, EA publishing. But, uh, you know, I... I didn't I didn't see it coming. I thought Deathloop had a shot. Metroid Dread uh taking best, you know, a- action adventure uh had a shot. So I mean, the, usually when you start to see those games pull those awards, you know that they're kind of front runners for uh for the the big the big award at the end, but um yeah, uh it takes two coming in and, and in all reality upsetting all the uh the big boys, you know, as far as as far I'm semi big boys. I mean, we have Insomniac. We do have Capcom. You know, Arcane Studios is decent, is bigger. You know, Mercury St- Steam not not that big, but they're connected to Nintendo because of the Metroid uh, franchise. And then Double Fine, which is also Xbox Game Studios. So to have uh, Hazelight Studios take it the win was uh, pretty interesting, pretty cool. And and when they did their um, you know accepted their award. You could tell, like, it, it meant a lot to them. So, you know, it was really cool, and, uh, you know, it felt uh, it felt right. It felt good. So even though it wasn't Metroid for me, and that's what I wanted, uh, I think I think the, the other, you know, I think who won would have been, you know, my pick, because I always like to kind of take the underdog. 
it's not only about the underdog. And again, awards, how many of them honestly ever go to the person that's deserving of it? There's always an argument because it is an opinion-based thing. But what we can be sure of is if you look at the list of developers for these games, winning this award may likely have the most positive effect on the careers of the development team and the people that made It Takes Two. Yes, it's an EA-published game, uh, but it it comes across as a, a developer newer on the scene, a smaller group. Like, it's not some huge major title that had a ton of um, hype and and publishing budget behind it. So I think we're going to see great things come from the careers that are going to be built off the fact that these people won this award. Mercury Steam winning game of the year for making Metroid wasn't going to all of a sudden elevate that studio to the next level. Uh, You know, Arcane wasn't going to really be elevated immensely. I think this, I think this, they will benefit the most from winning this award as people and as a team. Yeah, I agree. So those are some of our favorite uh, winners and categories that we wanted to cover, but you can head on over to thegameawards.com and you can uh, take a look at all the categories and all the winners right there. But we want to also spend some time here on the announcements and uh, I will, I will let uh, Butterboy here uh, start it off. Yeah. So I only took notes on things I was even remotely interested in or cared about. So there there was honestly a ton presented over the four hours between like the pre-show and the actual show. Uh, so, so much. So it's great that when you sit down and watch a show like this, um, I mean, the actual award portion of it was, a, was maybe, what, a quarter, a third of the show, if you include giving out the awards and highlighting different members of the gaming community. They did a nice job highlighting different uh, people when it came to accessibility or inclusion within the gaming industry, which we know is primarily a white man's game. Uh, So showing, you know, different people with disabilities or, you know, different people from different cultural groups uh, entering the gaming industry. It was cool to have those little highlights throughout the show, but really people watch for and what they want is all the new game announcements, all the new game trailers. And to me, this, it still felt like that was a majority of our four hours because that's the only reason I watch because I don't care about any of the other stuff. Um, so there was a ton of stuff to go over and I just picked out some of the highlights. So two things at least worth note during the pre-show, they showed off uh, King of Fighters 15, which I think is a new King of Fighters game. Yep. I don't know if people in North America play King of Fighter games at all or if that's just over in japan that people like the king of fighters series our good boy five mile rick loves the game is that true he's a he's a it's what a he told king me of fighters guy? it's what he told me he said he got pretty good at it i might have to fact check that I'm king saying, of fighters that's okay what, he he was in the stream tonight talking about it i bet it was sarcasm maybe but maybe not maybe, maybe he's about to go uh, pro so the, the next thing that they showed off is something that on paper, I should be excited about. I'm not actually excited about it at all. Uh, they announced a Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> multiplayer video game that's like one of those uh, asymmetric uh, multiplayer games. And I just don't really enjoy that genre that much. Yeah, like... And, and I don't really like Texas Chainsaw Massacre that much. Like, Friday right. the 13th is an IP I care for and a series I care for more. 
Um, yeah, I think like I, I'm the same way with you. We've 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 played it a few times. We, you and I even played like the Friday the Thirteenth version of this of this genre. But like um, you know, Dead by Daylight, I'd say is your biggest your biggest one. I just can't get into those games. I don't know. I'm not sure why, but like plenty of people still play them. But I feel like um, that fun. I feel like the problem with the games that are like targeting one franchise, like like Friday the Thirteenth did, or like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is that Dead by Daylight has already like just teamed up with with franchises, IPs, and really brought a lot to that game, where you can get more than just like the one scenario. And so, like I, you know, like the the replay value and the depth when it comes to character selection and stuff like that. Even if you're like a survivor, or or you know the villain, um, it's tough right now. I feel like you know I feel like the genre is already kind of is stale to some extent, and I feel like the any of the momentum that exists is really really exists around Dead by Daylight. And sure, your game will launch and there'll be that initial spike. But I just but the but to maintain it is going to be difficult. And a problem like that with this type of game is that there is no single player. There is no there is nothing for people to enjoy if there if the player base starts to dwindle. And so I don't know what. Yeah, there wasn't too much excitement around that announcement for me. For sure. Uh, the first announcement of the show that I found exciting was a title showed off called Evil West, which I think was a, a world premiere. And you called it out. And I really like the call out where you said this looks like Gears of War, but it's set like in the West. So you're blowing up skeletons and the effects look really cool. The game looked really pretty. And it was a third person action shooter game that took place in the West uh, with, you know, over the top, you know, fantasy type elements to it and i was like oh this instantly looked like the type of game that i i wanted to play and you know if it's a 10 15 hour campaign that goes along with it i think i could be real into it yeah it looks like a, it looks like a gears like engine you know unreal engine style chunk you know chunkier build characters with that same kind of like um on, on boots on the ground uh mechanics you know we didn't see a lot of like up in the air crazy jumping or anything like that so that and then a lot of like the finishing moves and stuff like that really just screamed you know gears and so i don't know what yeah. we didn't really get a lot of details about the game as far as like what uh engine it's running on and stuff like that but i wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's an unreal you know style engine with with like a a very similar back engine of uh of a gears game but the the cool thing was is that yeah i'm not i'm not much of a cowboy like style game but this was such this is like yeah you're in the west and yeah you're a cowboy but it's still like you're a cowboy with still some some really like mystical future like futuristic weaponry or something like that and you're you're traveling to hell man i mean this isn't just you hanging out you know shooting shooting other cowboys and and stuff but instead you're you're actually fighting just demons and crazy creatures and it looked it looked like just a ton of fun so yeah i'm i'm that that one definitely was a surprise for me that i'm very excited about well when you think western you think of a pace that goes along with the Wild West, which is a little bit slower paced play. This looks like it was again. Gears is a really fair comp or maybe more recently Outriders yeah. for a third person yep. action game that had a lot going on. Um, so that's one to look forward to. I didn't jot down dates or any of this. So that's probably for all I know, that's a 2023 title we're looking at there. 
I don't. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't remember, unfortunately. Yeah, I was just as they would come up, I would just type down the things. Yeah, some I was of them. Yeah, because some of it didn't give us dates. You know, so yeah. Um. All right. Up next is a game that I am confident you are going to play. Have a nice death. Uh, Metroidvania <laughs> style game where you play as a little mini Grim Reaper. Uh, the art style to me was kind of Hollow Knight esque, but yep. maybe drawn, uh, maybe looking a little more hand drawn, if that makes sense. Uh, but again, it did invoke a lot of the game invoked uh, different feelings of Hollow Knight for me. So um, that one was cool. And honestly, for me, that one really stood out. A lot of the games that were shown off today were more 3D games, more uh, high-budget, large games. This is one that, um, you know, side-scrolling adventure platformer that falls into what's likely the Metroidvania genre. We didn't see really anything else like that tonight. So for guys like us that do enjoy that art style and do enjoy uh, indie titles, um, this one really stuck out as, you know, really one of the only ones to be featured like that of this show. Yeah, I... You know, there's been a lot of like Metroidvania style games kind of talked about for the Switch and things like that uh, that are coming out in the future, but nothing that, you know, obviously this show really uh, focused on. So, I mean, this was like the lone uh, game, but in all reality, like it looked really cool. Uh, the art style was was really like, you, you know, you've already mentioned was really entertaining and definitely like caught my eye. But the um, even like and some of the comedy uh, revolving around death and and how he kind of has to set out to do his own job because his minions aren't aren't do, aren't cutting it. And so for me, it definitely looked like the boss, the boss fights that we saw, or at least the bigger em enemies that we that they showed fighting looked the, looked fun, you know, as far as the mechanics go and stuff. So I um, instantly was like, yep, this is I think I kept saying I'm in trouble. I, I'm in trouble. This is this. I'm going to be diving deep into this one, because usually what happens is a Metroidvania game comes out like Metroid Dread. And then I just dump everything I'm doing and I work. I play that game until I 100 percent it and then I move on. So that's normally how it goes, because I feel like and you know this. A lot of times, if you jump into a Metroidvania game and you don't finish it and you walk away from it and try to come back, uh, you can get lost pretty easily. So, yeah, yeah. Trying to go back to so often when I try to go back to them, I'm like, well, I guess I'm restarting. I guess there goes the four hours I put in, you know, exactly. All right. Up next, they uh, showed off more of a game that we knew was well in development. Ninja Theory's latest uh, Hellblade 2, which is Senua's Saga, the sequel to Senua's Sacrifice. And uh, they said that the footage we were seeing was in-engine gameplay footage. Now, the way that game is put together, it does quickly blend between what would be sort of cinematics and and uh, and gameplay, but it it's flawless and it's beautiful and I mean it it really was breathtakingly visual. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was it looked really good. The scene that they that they showed off was very like again the visuals and the way they built everything out and the camera work and everything of that scene was like was like anxiety driven. Man, you were just sitting there like you know, uh, stressed, stressed out watching it. And so, you know, it ends on a, on a crazy note where basically, you know, basically they're, they're, uh, fighting this giant that's been badly injured. So it's not, you know, it's, it's more crawling than it is walking, but the, you know, at the end, the giant kind of like 
drops a line. I'm not going to do any spoilers right now. So, you know, they, but the, it, but something happens at the end that just like kind of changes the whole trailer and makes you think about every, like what the hell's actually going on. And then it just cuts and leaves you hanging. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I, the visuals were amazing. The sound was amazing. Ninja theory. I mean, we, we already have, you know, we know Ninja theory is capable of doing some, some amazing, some amazing stuff with a small, with a small amount of people. You know, they're not a gigantic developer. And so to see this next gen level visuals, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. Cause I feel like we've gotten a, we've gotten a few games here and there that, you know, like Forza Horizon five or something like that. Right. That really are showing what the next, this gen that we're moved, that we've moved into with the series X, PS five and, you know, and that type of stuff, what, what it's capable of, but I'm, you know, we're still light on, on games. We're still light on, on, on library when it comes to that uh concept of how good can things look how how immersive can things be what can these new engines really do to push the to push the games to a whole nother level and this is going to be one of those games i think really does show us absolutely so the next one is to me the most hype part of the whole damn show because you know, all of a sudden there's these dudes Fall like guys, playing these drums. Fall Guys, Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Yeah, man. You know I'm a Fall Guys guy, man. Like, I got to be Jack you play Skeleton. Anymore, man. I can't even get you to play mm-hmm. Fortnite anymore because you're just Fall Guys guy. Don't need it. I just need to be fumbling <laughs> around on carousels or whatever. I don't know. I've, I've never played Fall Guys. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so there's these dudes, like gray dudes, hitting on some drums. And you're seeing some spacey sort of stuff going on. And then the spacey sort of stuff starts turning into familiar spacey kind of stuff <laughs> long ago in a galaxy far away. And you're like, Star Trek. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> are, are we seeing Fallen Order 2? So yeah, there, there's a, a little bit of confusion what's going on because a lot of stuff looks new, but also familiar. And then all of a sudden, it, 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 the, we have the, the gray figures that were drumming turn around and a sun passes over a moon or whatever, and it's Star Wars Eclipse, and then it ends. And so we don't really know what the game is, but there's a speculation that it, this is under the High Republic era, which was before you know the Clone Wars era, the original, the prequel trilogy era, which is the new uh, the new time period that Disney is allegedly going to be working in here. So. Uh, all I know is that the stuff in the trailer looks super cool, but we have no idea what kind of game uh, we're getting into here. I don't know. I kind of got the vibe. It could be some sort of open world sort of thing or adventure. I don't know, but I'm excited about it just because it's Star Wars game. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars, obviously, we saw the Lucasfilm games tag pop up and we saw what really pretty, you know, imagery. I mean, it wasn't gameplay, but I mean, we saw a good a good trailer. Um, you know, I could tell that it was early, early years because we had, you know, the um, I don't know all the name the names of the ships, but we had the ships that had like the hyperspeed you know, rings that they attach to them, like back when in episode, you know, episode one. Um, so, I mean, like for me, I could tell from the star base, from those ships, I was like, okay, this is early on. Um, but, you know, 
what could it what could it be you know and you said you said jedi fallen order 2 i was you know obviously people in the chat and, and myself were thinking could is this like something to do with kotar um but um you know it ended up being something completely new which is very exciting uh but also unknown as to you know what the what it's all about what style of game are we getting but yeah it it was definitely an exciting moment an unexpected moment and uh the um the other big piece of it was Quantic Dreams is behind the development, working with, uh you know Lucasfilm Games. So, uh for that's one reason why you instantly are like, well now I kind of understand why this game looks this way because if you think about Detroit Become Human and, and other games they've made, they're very pretty games. They're very focused on storytelling, and so that to me is a, is um, exciting because. I like Star Wars, but I also like strong stories. So give me both, and I'll be very happy. No doubt. Uh, we got a teaser that they're made that Warner Brothers Games is publishing a Wonder Woman game. We didn't get any footage of what <laughs> it was going to be like, other than roughly what Wonder Woman was going to look like. A little bit of hype. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Superhero games are generally pretty fun. So if they get the fight mechanics down. Then it, I'm sure it'd be fun to play, but this was uh, the less exciting of the DC things that were shown off here. I don't know if you had any thoughts about it. No, I mean, you know, it, it, like you said, they showed a model of, of Wonder Woman and some close-up details of, like, her armor and stuff and, you know, just showing off a, a pretty cinematic, but that was it, so. But I would agree, it's definitely the lesser of the two and, uh the uh, information that we got revolving around DC. Maybe a second highlight of the show, you know, after just knowing that we have a new star Wars game coming, it was, uh, they brought out Ben Schwartz, the voice actor, um, who voices Sonic in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Also, uh, you know, we love John Ralphio from parks and rec. Uh, he was one of the, he did some of the voice work for BB eight and he's one of the ducks on the new DuckTales. So, uh, love that guy. And uh, he had some some really funny stuff between him and Jim Carrey as they introed the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the second movie. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. I like that first Sonic movie. I thought it was a fun movie. And the trailer for the second one looks better because it has knuckles and tails in it. So it brings more of the characters that we like in it. I'm pretty excited about the second Sonic movie because the first one delivered, it, it met, it exceeded expectations. Yeah, I think it exceeded expectations, especially after the, the debacle of the beginning of the first Sonic movie when they had to go back to the drawing table and like fix Sonic um, after so much was done. But it turned out to be a very fun movie. I enjoyed it like you, like you did. And we, you know, left off with, with, you know, Eggman basically stranded and everything. So this this trailer really showed us kind of how it connects to getting back to Earth. And then the, the Tails, you know, Tails shows up, Knuckles shows up, and the trailer was looked very exciting. So um I'm I'm really excited for it. It looks like a uh looks like it's gonna be another fun ride, but the the uh, the weird the weird interaction of uh, Ben and Jim on on stage was a little weird because it's a lot weird yeah I, I'm 
Jim Carrey's just a weird guy, first of all, but like he wasn't there, right? He was on screen and he was talking about like something his grandfather or whatever told him or something. And it just, it, it, it got really, really weird. And then just cut back to Ben and Ben's like, yep. Okay, cool. Well, well, we all need to you know, remember that. And then I'm like, here's the trailer. And I was like, was that scripted or did that just happen? <laughs> so what what I really I really think that was was Jim just improving something wild and they went with it. I really do like again, even if it was pre-recorded and Ben had already seen the clip and knew what was gonna happen. That was such a weird thing for Jim Carrey to do. I just feel that they're like, Jim, can you just send us like a minute? And he's like, absolutely. And then he just did Jim Carrey for a minute. Yeah. And, uh, and they, I and laughed they got, really hard at it. They got the clip and we're like, well, I mean, that's all we have. We have to go with it. <laughs> Jim Carrey sends you a clip. You run it, damn it. Uh, yeah. So excited for Sonic 2. Knuckles uh, looked awesome. Yeah, Idris Elba. We're both big Idris Elba fans. We think he's the man. Yeah. Uh, he, when he played Shere Khan in John Favreau's Jungle Book, the voice he brought to that was awesome. So having that same voice coming out of a little red echidna, exciting. And it was, and you got there was a part of the trailer where you definitely got that, and it was so awesome. So yeah, I'm excited. Knuckles is always my favorite. So I'm same. Yeah. I guess he was my favorite once he came along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The next thing I had noted was a trailer for, I, I believe Nightingale was the name of the game where we saw like old timey people teleporting through portals to these different worlds. And you know, the, the game looks like it has some adventure aspects, some base building, fan, huge fantasy elements, sci-fi elements it just seems like there's so many genres crossing path in both gameplay and world design here i it just i have to be intrigued um just because there's so much going on and none of it was things that was an instant turn off instant i'm not interested in it uh and really specifically the fact that there was like a town building and a base building because we know i love games that involve building things like that you know like park simulators and stuff so uh, this is a game I'm really excited to keep an eye on and hope that it's uh, a fun game. Yeah, it looked really cool. The the creatures look cool. You know, a lot. They talked a lot about the Fey, and 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 the different portals and all that stuff. But I mean, the big thing is you're looking at like a sandbox uh, survival game. This is this is this is a a new ver a new generation of an, whatever you want to call it, an arc, a Minecraft or whatever. It's going to be that that type of um, world building, which is what we saw where they're building towns and everything like that. But also it seemed like there was more direction maybe uh, to some of the exploration and pushing you through different portals and stuff. So, you know, I feel like sometimes these games seem really cool, but they have, you know, for me personally, they, they don't have really any uh, linear type of storyline to follow. So I get I get I get a little like just lost and then bored and then I you know I stopped playing. So I enjoyed Ark for a long time because there's dinosaurs, so it definitely helped me. But you know Ark was that situation of like, well, we do this every night for what reason, you know? And, and that's always my was my issue with Minecraft. Where so I'm just that type of gamer that I don't need my hand necessarily to be held, but I like have knowing that there's a main story tr like line to follow when I'm ready to follow it. 
give me a giant open world and I'll explore it. But when I finally get to that point where I'm like, I've explored enough, I want to push forward, I know that there's something to push forward. Even Fortnite gives you story bits every four or five months. Right. Like yeah. That's even something, you know, like obviously yeah. Fortnite's about looting and playing the game, but there is a there is an overarching narrative that they do update a couple times a year to, to yeah. at least keep you invested in the world. That's gotten more and more intricate, you know, as as yeah. chapters have gone on. So. It was announced a couple years ago they were making DLC for Cuphead and then it kind of went quiet and there was some concern around the fact that, uh, you know, there's a Cuphead TV show being made. Cuphead had branched out into merchandising and toys and sort of got away from the root of the game. Well, we finally have uh, a release window of, I believe it was June for uh for the cuphead dlc and it looked like more cuphead it looks good uh so they had like a band allegedly like an old-timey band like play like a song from cuphead for for this and it i'm pretty confident again i'm not an expert i'm pretty confident it was all pre-recorded and then people pretending to sing and play instruments so I don't know. It seemed like a big waste of time for the show. Just show us the trailer. Show us the cuphead. They had really cool, like claymation, almost like the old um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer kind of like wood animation um, cutscenes in between the game. The the trailers. You know, cuphead always does a really good job presenting. Um, their announcements with old timey animation. Uh, so this wasn't like the animation for the game. It, it was stop motion. It was very fun. Yeah. I mean, the cuphead side of it, you know, gameplay looked great, you know, looked like cuphead. Um, maybe an additional character looks like there, you know, cause you had the two characters in the first. And now there was a third that was being involved. Not that you could necessarily play three player, but I think you just have more selection of character. Um, and it possibly was a female uh, cup. But the um, cutscenes were cool, like you said, but the performance was, goes back to me. What I was saying about the show earlier is that there were some performances, just like there is every year, that just were unnecessary. And I think this one was that because, you know, not just us, but everybody in the stream, again, was was watching, and they're like, this isn't real. Like, you can you could see almost almost anybody that you looked at on that stage was giving in a way that, that they were off time. They were, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't work. And so I don't know what the situation was there, but, um, you know, a lot of times, like, just, just give me a trailer. It's, uh, all I care about is your game. Like the bottom line, when it all said and done, all I really care about is your game and when, and when I can play it, you know? So, yeah. I would say an, another. So if we're rounding out the three things that I was the most hyped about, this would be this would be the third one. We got a ton of gameplay footage for the Suicide Squad kills the Jux Justice League. Um, it, it's developed by Rocksteady, who did the Arkham series for Batman. So we know the gameplay mechanics are going to be solid. The the fight mechanics are going to be top notch because this is this is the studio that developed what every other superhero game has done for the last 10 years has stolen their mechanics so we know it's going to be good the game looks super fun um over the top violent funny the world was um 
clear and bright and vibrant, which is super different than the Arkham series where everything's like dark and dingy at, and at night. Uh, so, and this was maybe one level or one mission that they were showing us trying to kill the flash, but I'm ready for this game. It looks like it's going to be a blast. I mean, it's rock steady. So there's already that, but it looks so good. The, the animations looked great. The mechanics looked like a ton of fun. Uh, Brainiac situation within the city looked chaotic and just, you know, which is what you want out of the, uh, seeing the flash and being controlled by Brainiac was, was wild. And the comedy was there. The, the, just, you know, the badass gruesome, you know, suicide squad angle of it was there. So yeah, I mean, it looked, it looked great. I mean, I just, Every time they would switch to a new character, I got excited to play as that character. So it wasn't even like there wasn't that situation of like, oh, I only care about this, you know, this one person. It just looks crazy. It looks insane. And that's and, and looks, you know, a ton of fun. Now, someone did say it reminded them of like a more grounded version of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I mean, sure. I mean, that that is one way to look at it. But at the same time, it did also look chaotic and crazy. Um, with Brainiac being involved and, and having the good guys being, well, I don't know, I say good guys in per, plural, but um, at least the Flash being, um, you know, con- mind-controlled or whatever. And so, I don't know, I, I, I was very excited to get that much gameplay footage, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped. I can't wait to, to see more and um, get to, actually get to the game, you know, get this game released so I can play it. Yeah, I mean, this was the one that did the most of what I always say game companies need to do. They showed us an assload of gameplay. They showed us the different characters, what would make them fun to play. You know, I, too many cinematic trailers. If the cinematic trailer doesn't give me a good picture of what the game is, i.e. when I complained about Elden Ring earlier, um, it it doesn't do anything for me. So this got me very excited because it gave me a great picture of what I'm going to be able to do with my guy, King shark eating, biting people's heads off. Yeah. Shooting mini guns. I'm, I'm hyped to just be able to play as King shark. Yeah. Just watching just that character alone, watching him like, you know, jump like the Hulk land and smash charge someone, bite their head off and then grab, you know, grab a Gatling gun that was strapped to his back, pull it around and all of a sudden start mowing people down. It's just like the transition of these characters, um, you know, from, Harley Quinn and just her uh, uh, um, acrobatics and and then into the bat and then into gunplay. Same with with same with uh, uh, Deadshot. Like just just there's a lot of really cool stuff that uh, looked fun. The combinations looked fun and they looked really smooth. The transitioning from one to the other. So you know that that look, any type of game when when I think start to think of like comboing moves together and creating like a really smooth transition you, you sort of think games like god of war right you know something like the, the hack and slash that's not clunky that's easy to to you know swap between things and then you add rocksteady in there that already has the you know the the history with with the uh, arkham series and just so so they have the history with dc and you just really think that this is going to be a really fun high energy chaotic game that we already should have high expectations for because of who's behind it. If you enjoyed the suicide squad movie that came out late summer, uh, th- this really feels like it was 
crafted to be in the vein of what James Gunn presented on the screen. Uh, so again, if, if you watch that movie and you're like, well, that was really fun. I like the tone of it. I, th- I think this game's gonna, gonna hit that for you. It probably won't be the James Gunn level of, uh, you know, maybe wit or tongue in cheek, but I, I think the writing and the way it's all put together and packaged is on brand for what they're trying to do with the suicide squad. I don't think there's a lot of dissonance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really good. We got uh, a a gameplay uh, trailer that I think might have been the same one that was already out uh, previously. Uh, there could have been. No, I think there was some fresh footage in this one, but uh, Tiny Tina's Adventure. I don't even remember the full name of the game, but the new the new game in the Borderlands franchise is taking us into a fantasy world. Bunkers uh, and badasses. Bun- bunkers and badasses. Uh, I'm excited for the game as I'm excited for everything Gearbox has done. Um, I'm really hoping we're not getting Battleborn here because that was obviously a <laughs> letdown. I, I don't think we will. But th- this isn't going. This isn't just taking Borderlands and putting it in a fantasy setting, expanding on like the fantasy DLCs they've done. Um, there's going to be a lot more to this game to differentiate itself from the Borderlands uh, core games. So I'm excited. There is some nervousness to me to just kind of wonder, like, are some of the could they introduce mechanics that could pull me out of it or cause me to not enjoy it the way I enjoy Borderlands game? It's still going to be a day one pickup for me um, because it is a Borderlands game. But my excitement is still high, if not higher than when it was announced. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. It looks crazy, which I mean, Borderlands with the word crazy is pretty normal, but this looks like even on a on, you know fantasy crazy. So you know, adding a whole other angle to it, and so I um, I thoroughly enjoyed the trailer. I don't think I actually saw this trailer before. You know, I heard that maybe the trailer came out, but maybe I just never watched it, which is a little surprising. But this this was you know at least to it felt like this was the first time I watched this, so. I was um, thrilled to see all the all the creatures and dragons and you know weird eyeball guys running around with swords and just it just you know just looked like silly crazy fun a typical comedy aspects were added in of Borderlands and then you know the angle of weird perspective where like you're walking and there's a giant cheesy poof in front of you and like you realize like you're on a game board you know so like there's this weird like aspect of the game of like you're you know you're just a you're just a little character on a on a board game type deal that tiny tina is control you know is dungeon dungeon mastering or something over you so either way it looked very interesting and i'm it's a day one pickup for me sure as well it's something that i definitely want to i've i've grown into borderlands or anything like borderlands i should say that it's a multiplayer game for me. Like I want to, I want to co-op play it. I don't, I don't want to play it solo. It's just not something that I do uh, with Borderlands. So for me, this is a, a pickup early so that I can play it with others. Uh, well, well, you know, with, well, they're excited about it as well. Well, it's also fun. They had the trailer introed by the voice actress that does uh, tiny Tina and also uh, will Arnett will be yeah. voicing the villain in this game. And I no, like the hero, the a hero. lot. He's the hero. As he claimed the hero, yeah. but um, I, I think I think one of the critiques of that people had for Borderlands Three 
is the the villains were they were okay. It's hard. It, Handsome Jack's a, a Hall of Famer, all time great uh, video game villain. So Will Arnett lending his voice to the we'll say the antagonist of this game gives me a lot of excitement that it's at least going to be a, a good sarcastic performance. So I, I'm excited that, for what that could present for the tone of the game. Yeah, absolutely. It looked it looked like a lot of fun. We got, uh, I still would consider it teaser trailer territory uh, footage for the Halo television show that's being produced for Paramount Plus. This was a world premiere, hadn't been shown off anywhere else, and it looked good. I mean, a lot of what makes a TV show good is good story and episodes being put together well, but visually... It didn't. It didn't look like a blockbuster movie, but it did look like a nice visuals for a television show. Yeah. Before this, the only thing we got was like just like these weird close-up snippets of Master Chief's armor, and then like a few di- like a few lines. And so this was the first time where we actually got to see a little bit of like you know the galaxy, the worlds, um, you know some 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 dialogue being spoken to master chief about why he's special and you know and then some better shots of master chief overall where the armor looked good the worlds looked interesting um you know there was definitely some some really cool looking aspects to it where you're like okay yeah this this doesn't look cheap um you know but yeah at the same time we don't you know we don't have an idea of how well this the story's written, you know, depending on how they how, how they're going to go about it. Like, there's plenty of content there to leverage your story building off of, but you know, and I think they'll do a good job of it. So that part of it shouldn't be a concern, but we'll see. For me, not really being a Halo guy like that. Um, if there's anyone else that's closer to my affiliation with the story of the Halo franchise uh, than someone who would be. Someone like Grim, who's played all the games as I put my phone down in the wrong place and it's buzzing in the mic. Um, the Halo universe is far more expansive lore and story wise than what's presented in the games. There yeah. are there's a there's a ton of books written over the last 20 years and probably comics like there's a ton of other source material for them to work off for for this show now i don't know how many of these other stories that aren't the games are about the master chief uh but at least lore worlds and independent stories and characters that they can present there is a way more than than now six core video games and and then the other like three or four spin-off games so um I'm excited about it. I I have never been a Paramount Plus subscriber, but I for sure will be signing up for a few months uh, when the first season of Halo drops. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm very excited for it. So that'll be uh, yet another service that I pay for. Yeah, it'll be one that I I pick up and drop, but they also have Bar Rescue. We know I'm a huge Bar Rescue guy. I like I like like someone yelling at someone to tell someone to shut it down. Yeah, well, I want to I want to pick it up for that, and then and then uh, Jade and I we've uh, we picked it up in the past, and then and canceled it once we were done. But we really enjoyed uh, Picard, and there's a new season of that coming out too. So, oh yeah, they showed off a really good looking Star Trek game. No, they the didn't. No, they. It looks no. like it runs on an iPod Touch generation too. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe maybe iPod <laughs> video. <laughs> iPod Touch might be too much. Spin wheel. You got to rock the yeah, spin wheel. It looked, it looked rough. Coming exclusively to the Atari Amico or whatever, to the Intellivision Amico. <laughs> there you go. Um, but that's that's all I had outside of the final special guest and final thing that was shown off. Did, is there anything else that you want to hit on? Either things you loved or things you hated or trailers you saw that I left out that, again, there's a few times I just forgot to type things down, I'm sure. But these were just my notes of my personal highlights during the Game Awards this year. No, I think you hit the ones that, that you know I was thinking of as well. There definitely were more trailers, and if you're interested in it, you can watch. Uh, you can head over to twitch.tv slash Grim the Dino. There's the VOD there that you can listen to uh, Butterboy here and myself rip through the entire show of good and bad. But um, I think everything we covered is the, the highlights, the big points, and, uh, you know, that um, it was a it was a it was a good show. Like, you know, I mean, it was, it was good to see people in the, in the, in the uh, theater with, with, you know, instead of a full virtual show like we had last year and, you know, it kind of feel it wasn't normal, you know, but it, but it was at least better than it has been. Uh, you could definitely tell people wanted to hug and they wanted to do things. There's a lot of those like motions. And then it was like the, Oh yeah, no, we're probably been told not to do this type thing. But uh, I also like, I think my few knocks is that I think they're trying to fit too much into this show. And because of it, I felt like certain things were rushed. Like we would get into these moments where they would just ramble off five, if not more uh, awards in a row without having anyone come up to the stage and accept a, a reward, they would just literally sit there and on the side, they'd be like, you know, the best for this, the best for that, the best for this, the best for that. And just, and be done. And then there are other ones that didn't even get TV. didn't even get time. You know, they just were, you know, you'd be in a, uh, a commercial and you'd come back and you're like, well, you were gone. So-and-so won this award. And then they'd move on. And the, the pro biggest problem I had with that is that not every award needs, t you know, time at the, at the, at the uh, mic. I'm not saying that, but, there were a lot of these things where like you would go into like best, you know, best action game, best action adventure game, best director, things like that. And like they'd be like, here's your nominees. And they would just pause and like four nominees would just show up on the side of the screen, just words. And then they say, OK, and your winner is this. And like it just there was no like in the past you'd get like even if it was five seconds of like gameplay to like spark a memory of you being like, oh yeah, I know that game or, oh, what is that game? Right? Like there wasn't a, there was a lot of that that was missed. And I feel like it was because they were trying to get this show to fit into a four hour window and, or three and a half hours, I guess, technically. No, it started at eight. So three hours, but they started at, at seven 30 with the pre-show. So it's three and a half hours. So, you know, they were really trying to like squeeze as much as they could. And they had a ton of, advertisements and things like that and that's fine because you know you try you got to fund your show somehow i get that but like you know so, some of it like the verizon 5g aspect of this show was bad it was just bad you know like a it, highlight a highlight was that uh wmba player that was there hyping like i use him for verizon 5g and i swear she was shooting that on the original droid phone. Yeah. Like the, the her camera, she's like hyping up like, yeah, Verizon 5G. Get the girl a phone that has a real camera on it. Yeah. It looked like ass. Yeah, it was bad. I also Live feel like vlogging. I also feel like 
halfway through that show, they just bailed on that concept because we never ended up seeing Nate again. And, you know, and so I, I don't, I don't know what all happened there, but I feel like it kind of just went to the side there. Cause it just wasn't, it didn't look good. It didn't seem right. And so, um, you know, I just, for, for me, I felt like there was some missed opportunities there where you could have had what I felt like a better show as far as just presentation for the awards, which are what people, you know, like I know people are there for, for, world premieres and stuff like that but your developers and everybody there are there to celebrate the industry and you should respect that and give them a good experience and so the, they've done and they've done it in the past I've, you know the last couple of years i've really praised the game awards but like the the verizon 5g aspect of this of this show takes me back to the days of the gillette razor walking around the damn the damn uh theater and like them cutting to this razor like mascot every 10 seconds to talk about gillette razors like you know it just it was it was cringeworthy it just didn't it just didn't work see award shows in general like you you know you're saying oh you'd like more time for that kind of stuff award shows are like a meeting that could have been an email. Like you just post a blog online that says who you're giving the award to and move on with it. So like when they're like, we're going to rapid fire for these jerk off awards that no one cares about. Like, hell yeah. Just say like this game won, that person won, this person won. Now back to the fun stuff, which would have been fine if they would have gone back to the fun stuff instead of cutting to shit that we didn't want. You know, like un- unnecessary performances, un- horrible. No, ads, here's Imagine Dragons. Horrible oh, I guess ads. I'll go kill myself. Yeah, and just like just a bunch of things that, like, for me, I was just like, you know, you could have taken some of that time and given it back to, like I said, putting in like a little bit of gameplay snippets here and there, and actually trying to, you know, promote these games. Because here's the thing: is like when you go to the Game Awards, you're like, yeah, it's cool to take an award home and put it in your put it in your trophy case as your at the developer, you know, studio or whatever. But also, like, the aspect of, like, you know, It Takes Two winning Game of the Year is going to sell copies of It Takes Two. And, you know, like, if no one got to see gameplay of It Takes Two, but they won Game of the Year, like, yeah, some people will search for it, but other people won't. And But, you know, what what does happen is when you see gameplay and you go, oh, that looked interesting, I'm going to go over to Twitch or something and I'm going to find a streamer that's playing it and I'm going to watch more and then I'm going to download it and then I'm going to play it. So I just, to me, it just... It was a little bit of a disservice, I think, to the developers and these people in the industry that, um, you know, there, there was some some kind of felt rushed and, and just not as polished as maybe it has been in the past. Um, you know, and again, th- this is the first show where we had people back and, you know, and things like that. So I'm sure there was some additional chaos around, you know, um, precautions and all that stuff. But it, it's just so it, this is just like a generalization of like what i know like of what i noticed for improvement next year you know it's nothing like i I think the show was bad it's just that was a area of opportunity yeah i agree it would have been nice to have like for when they're actually going to take a pause and highlight a category show some footage you know especially when it when it's lesser known games like they did show off some stuff for some of the indie games i believe uh, which was nice, but like you want to see, you want to see clips. You want to see, you know, when they're doing the performances of like best, best this or that, you know, you yeah. want to see 
well, what's going on, especially like if it's the actors, you want to see the actors' faces and stuff. I'm also just used to it. Like I feel like, and it may have been just last year, but at least two years ago, like when when you'd be like, "Here's your nominees," it'd be like Halo, Metroid Dread. Like there'd be like narration, right? And and like they would announce the the your nominations, and then it would cut back to the presenter and say, "Okay, and your winner is." Instead, this time they're like, "Here's your nominations," and they would just sit on camera, staring at the camera, silent. Dead air. Well, well, you just look this graphic on the side, like like you're you know some small time streamer on Twitch, like me. And then they'd say, "And the winner is," and it would turn yellow. Like it just didn't feel right. Where that was gone, even to the point where world premieres, like they used to be like world premiere. Like instead, it was just a graphic. They're like, and, and then you would just go into it, and it's like I felt like there was some just audio pieces that were missing. And then, like I said, little little bit of additional content that could have just been sliced in there to make the production value seem a little bit higher. I agree. They they could have trimmed the fat with a lot of the extra stuff. Like, I understand you got to run ads, you got to pay the bills. I'm sure a lot of these uh, game companies are paying to have their stuff shown off like the world premieres. Like they're like there's fine. There's financial stuff going all over the place. Right. But you could you could trim the fat on the the musical performances because no one cared, uh, you know. Again, okay, you want to you want to have some clips about the inclusion and progression within the the business. Make that one segment of the show. Don't chop that up into five different segments that you cram in there with the commercials. Just make it one th- four minute chunk of the show to talk about progression and inclusion you have within like it just it'll make the show flow better and then give time back to the the people that are there being honored or show us more game trailers which is really what i want yeah my other um, my other knock too and we talked about this on stream was uh and this will be my last one is the uh facebook gaming was trying to do some really cool stuff with just like really important messages around inclusion around you know um um not uh, accessibility within gaming and and all sorts of things right except they would they would play this really serious commercial or ad whatever we want to call it we'll call it an ad by facebook gaming that was like you know really some of it was real serious and it's like okay okay and then right after two at least two times actually all three times i can remember it was like the first two was google play came after with like this super just just bubbly high you know like pot like just fun commercial and it's like we just came out of a real serious kind of situation and then you just literally kind of like threw this this stupid ad in front after it instead it should have just gone back to the show with like people clapping or something you know like like you didn't like you almost like took away from the message by having this stupid ad after and and yeah. the worst one was the third one when when Twitch Prime got thrown in there and it was just this stupid like get these free games blah 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 like just super hype thing and it was like we literally just came out of like this serious this serious you know uh, moment and uh, yeah I just felt for me I felt like it cheapened the important message that was right before it. Yeah, it's like the, this guy is like, yeah, you know, I was in the war. And then when I got home, I got in a car accident and now I can't move my arms. Right. But I'm finding my ways to play and I'm finding my community. It's like showing him all paralyzed and stuff, you know, like like it's amazing. It's incredible. If you've never watched someone who's disabled like that play video games, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I can't even do it with my functioning hands. Right. So they're showing this person who's doing remarkable things to overcome 
a tragedy in their life and, and how they participate in gaming. It is like an emotional and like inspirational thing. And then, yeah, the next cut is like, get free loot from Amazon, like <laughs> yeah. screaming, screaming at you. Screaming like, just in it's, your face. It's awful. It's, yeah. aw- it's, it's awful programming to yep. juxtapose those things. Like you got to have a buffer in between. Even, even if it was three seconds of black yeah. in between. Probably it's right. just like the yeah. hard cut. The hard cut, yeah. like, like get flaming swords in World of Warcraft, Amazon. Like, right. No, no. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, get Google credits to buy things for Google. Like, yeah. Okay, calm down. So those are those are just a few of my like opportunities. You know, opportunities. You can always make things better. So, but overall, you know, I, I enjoyed the show. It still felt long. It always, it, every year, it does. It's still something I look forward to. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. Knowing that, you know, it's December, there's not a lot of gaming news happening. We're picking we're picking the show back up in one of the hardest times of the year to pick the show back <laughs> right, up. Right, right. So we'll have some fun here, uh, relaxing and just recapping um, some stuff in the next couple weeks here as we enjoy December and, and get back into the flow. Um, but yeah, the Game Awards felt like the right way for us to get back to doing the podcast, have a lot of excitement in one night. So it's a celebration uh, for the gaming industry and the achievements of of the creators uh, of the games that we enjoy. And uh, Grim and I need to be part of the celebration. So um, thanks to everyone for hanging out. Grim, uh, anything else here to end our our Game Awards show for 2021? No, just, uh, you know, thanks again, everybody, for being patient. And we, you know, we're happy to be back. We're going to be working on the show uh, a lot more moving, you know, over the next, uh, well, the rest of this year and into next year, trying to evolve it and we kind of reshape it the way that we, we've, you know, um, I guess the thing is that we've been off for, you know, several months. And, but uh, Butterboy and I have been talking a lot about this stuff. So, you know, we, you know, it started with, do we want to keep doing it? The answer was yes. How do we want to keep doing it? How do we make it, you know, how do we get it to the level that we're, that we're satisfied, still having fun, but, but we're happy with the product, you know? And so we really are thankful that so many of you are, enjoy the podcast. And the second that we told you we were coming back, there was, there was a lot of people that were just throwing gifts around and, and just celebrating. And that really, you know, put a smile on my face. I'm sure on Butterboys as well, that, that we were missed and, and that people have been waiting and want it you know want us back so you know we're but at the same time like i said earlier in the show we're taking it back to the core we really want to try to build something up that you know can that we can be proud of and that can grow that we that can grow with us and grow with you guys as well so um you know feedback from you in the discord and stuff like that is always important as we've always said so make sure that you're letting us know uh, what you think and keep an eye out on Patreon for the new perks and things like that. And then we'll be communicating a lot of that in the Discord. And then, of course, we will share it out on social media uh, for people that aren't part of the Discord. So, um, but yeah, with that being said, I, you know, thank you for tuning in on episode 357 of the Games Love podcast. And we want to thank our patrons one more time. Yes, thank you so much to everyone who stuck with us, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. If you liked our coverage here of the Game Awards 2021, well, then consider throwing us a buck and joining our patronage. Yeah. Well, that's about it. That wraps it up. We will, uh, again, just to kind of remind you guys, we're going to be recording on Thursdays, and then we'll be uh, early access for patrons Thursday nights. We'll have uh, re- the podcast uh, releasing on Fridays, 
Uh, so you'll be able to catch us every Friday uh, in, I think we're probably going to release around the same time, around that 8 o'clock uh, a.m. Eastern time zone that you'll be able to pick up your podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Google Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts. If you have a platform that you listen to podcasts and you can't find us, tell us because we want to be there. So um, with that being said, thank you again for hanging out. Uh, we will, we'll, we're excited to be back and we can't, we'll see you next week. And uh, until then, just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. Until next time. Game on. Game on.